Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. This is a show where we talk about how to change our lives by changing our thoughts. And every week, I bring you a new guest with new perspectives, new ideas, and really new ways of looking at the world. And my guest this week is Abigail Olson. And Abigail is the author of the book, The Hay Wagon. And you'll hear me talk about in this interview how much I loved this book and really how Abigail was able to tell her story in such a short and concise way, but a way that was totally relatable. And in this conversation, and really what I felt I got out of Abigail's book was was a handful of things. Permission about finding a way to empower ourselves, even if it's an unusual or unconventional path. Um, perseverance about moving towards what you want in life, even if people are trying to discourage you or if it feels like uh, nobody else is doing it. But then also inspiring to really inspire you to go after what's calling you in this world. So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. So I'm going to get on to the interview with Abigail Olson, author of the book, The Hay Wagon. The Hay Wagon is a young woman's memoir about getting her CDL and going through her first serious relationship. The book was included on the National Coalition of Girls Schools 2020-2021 Books of Interest list for grades 9 to 12. And Abigail's book is also a Next Generation Indie Book Award finalist in the Women's Issues, Nonfiction, and Short Story Collection categories. So Abigail, I want to welcome you to the show. I'm so excited that you're here. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. So let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and your book, The Hay Wagon. Um, yeah, so I'm Abigail and I, um, this is my first book and I wrote it, um, just kind of when I was in a tough spot trying to figure things out and I ended up wanting to share it with people. Yeah. Well, and I loved your book because it was so relatable. <laughs> like even I've never, not, not necessarily um, personally wanting to get my CDL, but really wanting something in life. Right. And and having those two storylines, right. With you deciding you wanted to go a certain direction with your life and get your CDL. And then also the struggles with the relationship, because that to me was, even though your chapters were short, they were very concise and very to the point. They told the story. And I think um, most people being in a relationship, especially women growing up, can totally relate to that. Um, I thought you did a very good job with that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So for those who maybe are new to you, new to the book, one of the main storylines, as we mentioned, was after graduating from high school, you wanted to get your CDL and that commercial driver's license. And so that would enable you to um, drive larger trucks, semis, um, dump trucks, things of that nature. So why that, why that route? Why did, why was that appealing to you? And why is that something you wanted to go after? I think it seemed really badass and really like tough a little bit. Um, But also something that could be relaxing like being on the road relaxes me and so it seemed like a great combination of like a helpful skill and a tough skill but also something that I can relax into yeah well in as you describe in your book um 
you know, and what I love also about your story is that non-conventional choice. You chose something that women don't usually choose um, and you went for it. And you got a lot of, you know, people saying, why are you doing that? Are you really going to do that? You know, people trying to talk you out of it, but you didn't listen. You just, we went on your way and, and went after the thing that you wanted. And so what was that like for you when people were trying to discourage you or, you know, you ran into some problems that you describe in your book where maybe things didn't go the way you planned? What was that experience like for you? Um, it was definitely difficult because I felt like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have tried it, but yeah. I, I'm glad I did because now I know and I still have that skill and well, sort of. And so it just, um, I don't, it was, it was, um, gosh, it was. Well, it almost seems like as you describe in the book, like it gave you confidence in other areas of your life, like making that choice helped you to be confident in some other areas of your life. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. Yes. Yeah, definitely true. Um, Yeah. And so we had the, like I said, the two tracks, the, the, going after the thing you want. And then also the the relationship part of, of the story, mm-hmm. which some parts of that, as I was reading them, um, you know, they were a little difficult because I, what you went through was, was tough. That's tough stuff, right. That we, we deal with, um, as women, I think we deal with when we're younger because we've never experienced this before. What was that like for you to relive those parts of your life when you were writing the story? Was it tough for you? Was it, did it feel more, um, therapeutic maybe or what was that like Um, yes it was definitely therapeutic and it really helped me figure out um what was kind of happening because at the time I was just so confused and I was in this just really bad mental state and I didn't know what was going on and then um really what kind of inspired the book that I wrote was a different book called why does he do that inside the minds of angry and controlling men? Mm -hmm. And so I was reading that and going, Oh my gosh, this is exactly what happened. This is, this was what was going on. Like, Oh, this makes so much more sense now. And so it was actually really helpful to kind of make sense of what wasn't really making sense before. Um, Yeah. And the interesting part of the way you told the story, I thought too, was that, that was being driven, his, his behavior, a lot seemed to be coming from the way his dad was acting. So (laughs) it was this generational thing being carried down. And sometimes it seemed like maybe he didn't know why he was doing it, but he was doing it because that's what he saw his dad do. And then you're left confused too, because you're like, why are you doing this one day and then doing that the next day? Right. It doesn't make any sense. And, and those things are so difficult. I mean, I'd like to tell you they get easier as you get older, but <laughs> I don't know that that's true. We just have more understanding of what's going on and we maybe know when to exit sooner. But um, I thought that the way you described that was very, like, as I said, very relatable and very, um, very truthful on, on such, such tough topics. Um, thank you. And so there's, there's a part in your book where everything kind of falls apart and you go to Mexico and again, everybody's telling you, why are you doing this? You know, trying to discourage you. Tell us what that was like for you. Um, so yeah, that was a very tough day for me. I was sitting in an interview, um, with a trucking company who wanted to, um, give me a chance, you know, but I was still too young, but they were trying to work with it. And I just realized, 
I didn't want to force being in this industry in the trucking industry anymore and so I just was like okay I think I'm I can't take this job and then I looked down at my phone and I got a text from my boyfriend at the time saying like he was breaking up with me and I was like oh my gosh like my entire world is falling apart like right I'm like these were this both of these things I saw in my future and now I don't have any of those either one right um, and so I yeah I took the next flight to Mexico and um yeah um I think some people questioned it a little bit but I think most of my friends I mean I was 19 at the time so most of my friends were just like oh that's so cool that's <laughs> awesome right <laughs> just did that <laughs> yeah so, right. And yeah. so you write about that time about, um, you know, that time you took for yourself to give, give yourself space from life, right? Like what was going on with the relationship, what was going on, like, um, things were working out with the job. And, and that was, I think, um, another really interesting part of your story about the reason why you couldn't get a job was because of your age. You were 18 at the time, 19 and I, when I got it. And then, okay. yeah. And so you had to be 21 in order to actually get a job um, driving a truck. And so you actually wrote a letter and you had some part in voicing in legislation. Is that right? Can you tell us a little about that? Yes. So when I um, was 18, I realized I couldn't get any jobs. And there were two parts to not being able to get a job at that age. Um, the first is that federal regulations, you can't cross state lines um, if you're under 21 in a um, in a commercial vehicle, like a mm -hmm. tractor trailer or dump truck or something. And the other one is um, insurance usually doesn't cover young drivers, mm -hmm. um, especially with something that big. So, um, but I decided to kind of tackle the... Um, regulation the legal part because um i was talking with a trade association at the time and they were thinking that if the law changed then insurance companies would follow just because there's so much pressure right um, so i just wrote a letter in the or a, i guess a little story i guess in the richmond times dispatch um and so then i ended up being flown to speak in dc some of the trade association members and uh some and so did that have an impact did have the laws changed or i think i've heard that they are testing um 18 to 20 year olds driving interstate um so i'm not sure what's happening with that but i do think they are testing that yeah and so your story was one you know and it's always interesting what they will allow you to do at 18 and sometimes force you to do at 18, such as be drafted in the military if that, you know, but then there's other things they take away from you at 18. And so it's always interesting, like what, okay, so why can I do this, but not that And this the military, for example, you could be in the military and have to be driving heavy equipment who knows where, right. But because you were here and that, you know, so that, that's always very, it's, it's, it's a mixed message there of how that's treated. And I think that, um, your willingness to tell your story and be able to, to go speak on that. I I'm sure that, um, you know, that especially in a, 
more male dominated industry. I think that's very encouraging, especially for other women listening and um, maybe people who are listening that are wanting to move into more unconventional career paths, but um, maybe feel like it's impossible to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I hope it encourages people to <laughs> what they wanna do. Like what you hear so far? Take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the Create What You Speak Academy. Visit createwhatyouspeak.com to learn more. Now back to the show. After reading your book, um, I don't want to give the ending away because I thought the ending was just perfect how you wrote it. But so what's been happening with you? What's next for you um, in your life? Um, Right now, I'm just a freelance writer and I've been working a lot with like tech companies and tech startups explaining kind of their technology. So I've ended up more in the writing, which I'm, even though now I'm over 21, I've been enjoying the writing. Yeah. So no more truck driving. I don't think so. I mean, I might, I think about it a lot, Um, but it's definitely a skill you have to keep up. So Mm -hmm. um, not as much of a learning curve, but some, um, again. And so I don't know. We'll see. I'm not, I'm yeah. definitely not taking it fully off the table, but yeah. not on it right now. Yeah. Well, and that's a good thing about doing that. You've got the choice, right? It's something you can always go back to if you want to, but you're not, you know, tied to it necessarily, but it is an option. And I think always having options is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the feedback been like for your book? I know you, I mentioned at the beginning, the awards you've gotten and and how did that feel to get those awards? Oh, it felt so great and validating. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for those that have read your book, what, what, what kind of feedback have they given you? Um, a lot of them. So the, actually what I have found most interesting is that fathers with daughters, like around middle school or high school age, they're like, my daughters have got to read this. And so I think that's been really interesting that I like that it's spoken to that demographic because yeah. I, I didn't really expect it to. Um, but then um, I will also have people come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, that happened to me or whatever. And um, some people, what I really like is that people are like, oh, that's so badass or yeah. whatever. And so, yeah. um, and then, inspiring and whatever. So, um, yeah, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback, which has been nice. And, yeah. yeah. And that, that encouragement and, um, I'm a lot older than you, but that, um, even I felt that way too, that encouragement, that, that reminder of empowerment, because, um, we all go through, you know, it seems like we go through different stages where sometimes maybe, you'll feel really empowered and other times you feel like no power at all. Right. And, um, what I also really enjoyed about your book is those unexpected places we can feel empowered. Like you talk about at the end of the book about being able to drive the hay wagon at your Mm -hmm. family event and the little boy, you know, interacting with you and these different ways that, um, you know, when we, when we go after the thing we want and we're, we just get over the voices, we get over our own insecurities and we just go after the thing that we want. Um, there's so much empowerment in that, but then it comes in other ways in unexpected ways, like feedback or interactions with other people or inspiring other people. And, um, I, I really love that your book was a great reminder of that too. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So what advice do you have for other 
for new writers who are just getting started, maybe people who want to tell their story like you did. And, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, you've been writing more now and, um, what advice would you have for those just getting started? Um, I'm not going to really say anything new here, but just yeah. keep reading and writing. I think at the time that I was writing, I was reading more. I'd kind of stopped reading during high school, but I had rediscovered that love of reading. And I really think that helped me with my writing. Well, I know it helped me with my writing. And so yeah. um, I think, yeah, it's easy to forget the reading aspect is also really important along with just keep writing. Yeah. And your book is written in real, in short, like I said, also short, but very concise chapters. Why did you decide to write that way versus maybe more long with a lot of details? Um, I started trying to write long with a lot of details. And then I just realized it was too big of a project for me a little bit. Yeah. And so I was kind of tricking my brain a little bit to be like, well, just I would just write the story that I wanted to write. And then I'd write another little short moment that I wanted to write. And eventually there was this collection. And then once I took a step back from the collection, I would then take, take some away. There were a lot that I took away. And then I'd be like, well, what would fill out this theme more? What would fill out this theme more? And just kind of picking moments to write about. So yeah. 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 Was it hard to remember the moments? Because it seemed like you, the way you describe some things are very detailed and um, very much like could paint the picture or set the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I think generally I have a pretty good memory. So it actually wasn't too hard for me to remember it sometimes. I mean, I this is where I'm definitely glad there was an editor to like tell me like when things were missing. And then I would have to just sit back and pretend I'm back in the moment and yeah and write um and then so her questions really helped me be like oh I guess that detail was important or would be nice to know or yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah and so when you were going through the writing process what surprised you the most Hmm, what surprised me the most um like actually writing it or the whole like publishing process? Any like, of it. Okay. Yeah. And maybe, you know, you maybe nothing did surprise you, but some, I like that question because um, it seems like we always learn something about ourselves when we do something big like this, right? Putting our, mm-hmm. telling our story, especially such a personal story. Um, there's, for me, I've always found the voice in my head tries to tell me nobody cares, nobody's going to listen, you know, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I still want to proceed forward with whatever I'm doing. And so <clears throat> that can be a tough battle in your mind, you know, but then mm-hmm. when you come out on the other side of that, it's like, wow, I did this, you know, like I, <laughs> like, like, that's how I felt. I'm not sure if it was the same for you, but that's what well, I Well, I was young, like I was 19. So I was like, obviously people are going to care. And so I just kind of, um, now I think I'm like, oh, maybe people don't care. So I don't bring it up that much. But um, yeah, at the time I was so full of confidence. And um, maybe the biggest surprise was how personal the editing felt. So like editing is always hard, but then because it's a personal story, it felt really personal. Like she was editing me and my personality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I have to, say, have to take a step back and be like, okay, well, no, 
or I'd be like, that's not what I meant. Like, can you just read it how I meant it? And then it's just like, yeah. well, no, like, but that's how I wrote it. So if I didn't write it how I meant to write it, then I need to rewrite it. So it's what I meant. So yeah. that was surprising. But um, yeah, and there's a lot in that too, right? About being willing to be open to that kind of feedback, being willing to accept it and do something with it. And especially on a project, um, a big project, you've already spent a lot of time on it. So when you get to the end, it's kind of like, well, I'm kind of done with this. I don't want to have to keep, you know, doing this, but you have to keep doing it because it's not actually done until it's actually done. And so there's, there's a lot there, um, personally with being able to not take it personally. Like you said, it's not an attack on you personally. It's, it's simply the story. Um, and so that others can read it in a way that, you know, makes sense to them not being there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So who would you say your book would appeal to and why? Um, in my, as I was writing, I kind of um, envisioned kind of high school age girls um, reading it. And I really envisioned it in kind of a classroom setting, which is another reason why I did it in short chapters, because I a little bit envisioned that like, you know, like a teacher may want to like pull out an excerpt and be like, let's discuss this one vignette and like what this means kind of. And so mm -hmm. I wanted it to be very like able to do that a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I intended it for. Yeah. Yeah. And that, um, that ability to, to take those short stories and have the examples with them also are very memorable as a reader. I think too, it helps you remember the story and helps you, I can tell you, I won't ever look at truck drivers the same again after reading your story. <laughs> so, um, I thought, I just thought the whole book was fascinating. Um, such a different and interesting topic and, um, congratulations on the success of your book on being willing to tell your story. Um, that's, that's a big deal. And so congratulations to you. Thank you. My guest today has been Abigail Olson, author of the book, The Hay Wagon. And before we close out, Abigail, what do you hope people learn or take away after reading your book? Um, I hope they feel a connection or something that they can relate to um, and find humor and humanness in the story, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely felt that way. And again, um, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been an amazing conversation with you. Oh, thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Create What You Speak podcast brought to you by webtalkradio.net. You can also hear the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the Create What You Speak podcast, where we will continue to free our minds, expand our consciousness, and untangle those thoughts and patterns that keep us from living the life we desire. Check out my website, sloanfremont.com, to learn more.